Welcome to Traditional Bowhunter Magazine's Campfire Chat Podcast. In this episode, TJ and Carrie got a chance to chat with Becca Garris. She's a hunter, a mom, and a great ambassador for traditional bowhunting. You'll also be seeing more from her in the magazine. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the campfire. Welcome to another edition of Traditional Bowhunters Campfire Chats. And I'm your host, TJ Conrads, and I am here with my co-host, Carrie Doyle. How are you doing this morning, Carrie? I'm doing all right. I got my coffee, so I'm doing better now. That's great. Uh, Would you uh, introduce our sponsors, please? Yeah, so we have a couple sponsors that are some just very valuable advertisers of ours as well. First off, we have Kuyu. They're the manufacturers of innovative, lightweight, high-performance hunting and outdoor gear. Bear Archery, supporting the traditional bow hunting community for over 65 years. It's huge. And then we have Ace Archery. They are the quality broadheads and tools made in the USA for the traditional archer and bow hunter. Thanks, Carrie. That's uh, very good advertisers, good supporting people for the outdoor market and the traditional market quite a bit. Well, folks, today we're pleased to have Becca Garris on the podcast with us. Many of you read her piece in the June-July issue uh, of 2020 in uh, Traditional Bowhunter that uh, she talked about and wrote about her bowhunting a white-tailed deer with her lovely young daughter Isabella on her back, which is uh, something I've never heard of and quite fascinating. Um, Becca comes from Ohio and um, lives on a farm with her husband, uh, Alex, and her daughter Isabella. Becca, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing this morning? Good. How are you? Well, we're hanging in there. Busy day, as always. Um, First of all, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me your background, if you would, please. So I'm actually not originally from Ohio. I was born and raised in New Jersey, which a lot of people find that kind of odd because they don't see hunters coming from New Jersey. They don't think people hunt in New Jersey, but we do. My dad is a really big hunter, so he's the one that got me into hunting. Uh, I moved out of New Jersey to Ohio, say, six or seven years ago, and I liked it, and I decided to stay, and I've been here ever since. So you said your your father hunted, so you're from a hunting family, actually. Yes, my dad is a big hunter. Um, I have five brothers and three sisters. He taught us all how to hunt. Um, Fabulous. Mentoring is the most important thing today. Yeah. So, you know, I follow you, both Carrie and I do, on your Instagram and Facebook pages. You're out a lot in the woods all year round, it (laughs) seems like. Um, Yeah. And so you say, I I was just went back and was rereading your article this morning that you wrote for us uh, for this last issue, the two issues back, that you've only been in traditional for four years. What did you do before that? What was your hunting methods and and what brought you to traditional archery? When I first started hunting, I actually started gun hunting. And I did that from the age of 10, which was the legal age in New Jersey you had to be in order to actually be a licensed hunter. So from age 10 to 16, I strictly gun hunted. And then someone my dad worked with gave him a women's compound bow. So I decided to try that, started bow hunting, and I liked that way better. And you get a lot more time in the woods, you, you know, the season's way longer. So I pretty much stopped gun hunting a few years after that. And I've been hunting with a compound probably about 10 years. And 
I felt like I was losing the passion. I felt like there was no challenge, I guess, anymore with compound honey. It almost felt too easy. And I always wanted to try traditional and always been a big fan of Fred Bear. And my dad always talked about Fred Bear when I was a kid. He got to meet him. He, I never got to, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought maybe I'll try it and just kind of see how it goes. So I didn't know anyone that was a traditional bow hunter. So I just had to go by what I found on, online and through books. And I just kind of winging it. But I ended up loving it. And I haven't hunted with a compound since. And I probably never will again. Interesting. So you, you've taken a lot of small game and some big game. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I actually started with a traditional bow for small game just because I felt like it wasn't as big of a deal if I missed trying to find another animal to shoot. So I started with squirrel and I did really well. And then I I would practice literally every day because I was so nervous about big game hunting with a bow. I was convinced I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to get anything or I would miss or something. And the first year was really hard. Um, I actually shot a coyote before I shot a deer. Those Which, are smaller targets. Well, that's, that's, yeah, a, it's, that's a it's good hard to, <laughs> It's yeah. hard to hunt coyotes with a bow, too, because, I mean, they see you, they smell you, they're gone. Yeah, but, and then they, yeah. Then they yeah. don't turn around. They don't stop. They just no, keep they going. <laughs> well, yeah, so that was, the, that was the first thing I ever shot with a recurve. And then it was Christmas Day of 2016. I shot my first whitetail with a recurve. Fantastic. Yeah. So you... I had a quick question to throw in there. Um, with your squirrel hunting, it's not legal to hunt squirrels in the whole U.S. Do you get a lot of flack from people or? No, I don't think we can uh, hunt in Idaho. People think, I feel like squirrel hunting isn't as popular as it used to be, even here where the season opens September 1st and it goes to the end of January. But not that many people squirrel hunt anymore, I feel like. It sounds weird. I don't, <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out like there. <laughs> Maybe down south it's more popular. Maybe. But I don't really know anyone else that squirrel hunts. And people, yeah, on social media when I post about it, people some people just think it's odd and I get all these questions like, Do you actually eat them? And yes. like they've never yes. heard of it before. <laughs> it's interesting I tell my because... kids about it and they're like, Ew. I'm like, mm-hmm, <laughs> they're just small. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, squirrel hunting out west, there is squirrel hunting in a lot of the states, but Idaho, uh, we, we can shoot fox squirrels because they're non-indigenous. They're brought in from back east. There's very few of them. They're usually in the city limits where you can't shoot and hunt anyways. Yeah. But then we have a lot of ground squirrels, which are not really edible, um, but we have what they call a pine squirrel. It's, it's ubiquitous out in the west, but in Idaho, they're protected. Wyoming, for example, it's, it's considered a small game and you can hunt them and eat them. So the rules are different from state to state, but right. you, know, you mentioned you started with small game. Anything else that you shot with your, with your bow as small game? Um, I shot a whole bunch of rabbits. Good. I love rabbit hunting. It's, I have a yeah. beagle, which makes it a little easier. <laughs> so I she's have, a pretty old beagle too, isn't she? Yeah, she's, get, she's getting old. I think she's seven or eight this year. So I love the pictures of her and Isabella together. Yeah, they love each other. Hmm. So uh, I'm I'm curious. Uh, you shoot, I believe you're on the Bear Pro staff, is that correct? Yes. How did that come about? And why? Yes. Uh, I, <laughs> I at ATA show I met someone a few years ago that actually worked for them. And when they were 
I guess, looking to sign on to more people, he brought up my name and reached out to me. And I'm not going to say his name on here just because um, he doesn't work for them anymore. I don't really want to bring him into this. But, um, <laughs> so basically a mutual friend brought me in and I've been with them for three years now. It's been really, it's been really cool. Yeah. I remember meeting you at ATA that year. Yeah. That, yeah. that was fun. Cause that was, that I think year. my second year at ATA. Um, and that's, that show is, it's intense. If you've yeah, never been really to is. anything like yeah. that, it's yeah, pretty it big. Um, but we have a lot of our advertisers and just the community of people that we ended up when I go, it ends up just being a big, um, like we all have a lot of dinners and lunches and things like that instead of getting more work done. And we end up just working with the people we already were working with before. Yeah. But it's like a reunion. It is. It is. Cause I don't get out East very often. So when they have those, it's kind of fun to go to, but we haven't been in a couple of years. Yeah. Neither have I. I haven't been since that year. Oh, okay. The last year I went. Well, it's interesting because one of you posted a picture with both of you at the ATO sh- ATA show. It with Judy Branham. And yeah. I, oh, was yeah. it Judy? Okay. Yeah. Well, then I got hammered with people saying, you didn't tell me you had twins daughters. <laughs> and I go, I go, one of them is my daughter. The other one, I, I would take her in a heartbeat as my daughter, but I'm sure her parents <laughs> wouldn't approve of it. So, but it's, even to this day, someone said, I didn't know you had twins. I said, I don't. <laughs> she, she's, they look a lot alike. So yeah, that was kind of cute. You're from another state. And, uh, well, because I remember we were looking at your pictures um, originally because we were looking for big people to follow and we're finally figuring out our Instagram forever ago and all that stuff. And I remember Amanda sitting down, she goes, this girl looks familiar. I look at her, I'm like, she has a lot of similarities with me. She goes, I didn't even <laughs> yeah. think about it. And I showed my husband, he goes, I don't see it. So I sent him that picture and I sent TJ that picture too. I'm like, okay, do you guys see it now? I mean, yeah, we're in the same the time. You can, you can yeah. really see it when we're standing together. Oh, yeah, it was same pretty size, funny. the same hair. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of name. questions going, you have a sister? I'm like, I don't. No. Her name is Becca and she lives in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to find that picture. We should put it up soon. I saw it just recently. It came up in my memories. And I don't know how to find them. I'm not that. I'm not that. Smart. I think I can. I'll have to scroll through my stuff and find it. So, Becca, let's let's go back to Isabella and what what made you or how did you actually get to the point to where you said I am going to put my daughter on my back and we're going to go walk around the woods with a bow because this is something that a lot of people. I mean, let me tell you what, after your article came out, I'm still getting hammered with people from 28 to 80 that say more from Becca. This is a, it's a bright light that you have now, now that you're on board Aww. and, um, and people, I, I mean, there's some letters I think coming out in the next issue of December, January with a couple of guys, he's in his seventies says, I, I want to see more of Becca. You know, that was a great story. <laughs> That's awesome. We haven't had any negativity. I heard that you did have some people. Yeah. Uh, tell yeah. us about that too. So actually the whole negativity, do you want to hear about the negativity or do you want to hear about how oh, it all started? Both, but start oh. where it started. <laughs> start with the big bang. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Where it all um, began. We're here. <laughs> when I, I did not plan this. When I got pregnant, I didn't picture myself taking her with me. You know, I had this idea in my head that oh, I could just get a babysitter or leave her with my husband or something like that. And, you know, it'd be perfect. I'd get to go out a couple times a week, whatever, and go hunting. But she was born early. Um, she was in the NICU for about a month. And then 
she came home, I didn't really want to leave her. So it took me probably about a month to build up to, okay, I'm going to leave her with my husband and I'm going to try to go hunting. But I was nursing and she decided she wouldn't take milk from a bottle anymore. So I couldn't leave her with anyone. I had to be there. She was hungry. I had to be there. So Welcome to being a mom. Exactly. <laughs> like, okay, well, I can't hunt now. And she was only a couple months old. So that was pretty much it for that season. It got really cold. But then rabbit season comes around and starting to get a little warmer. And I was like, well, what if I just take her with me? So I just started out hunting in the backyard. I was really nervous. I didn't know how it would be, how she would be, how I would be. But I just started out small, took her in the backyard rabbit hunting, and everything went really well. And I managed to get a couple rabbits here. So I decided that turkey season, I would just take her with me. And um, my husband actually works night shift. So that makes it even harder to find a day where I can leave her with him because he's sleeping in the morning when I'm going to go hunting. And so that made it even more difficult. But I took her turkey hunting. And from there, we went to bow fishing. And from there, we went to squirrel and deer. And it turned out she loved it. So we've just been doing it ever since. Well, one day she's going to be walking and she's going to get too heavy for you to carry on your back. Are you you prepared for the next step? Because she's going to be following you around the woods. You know, I feel like actually this last turkey season, I let her walk around the woods for a little bit. And it's funny because she has no fear at all. She'll just wander (laughs) off. She'll just go. She'll just walk off into the woods. She doesn't care. She's not afraid. But I time. She'll find her fear. But yeah, right now it's perfect. Like go be reckless and enjoy it. it. I have a feeling in the next probably year or two, she'll want to do more walking than backpacking. I'm hoping she'll want to stay in the backpack at least for another year or so, but we'll see. Luckily she's on, she's very petite. So she'll fit in it for a while. For now. They'll pack on the pounds, even (laughs) though she was early. I still see my kids as little tiny children and now they're adults (laughs) in their thirties. And it's like, I asked my wife, I said, how the hell did I get this old? And she says, well, you didn't die. So (laughs) here we are. But life is good. So tell me about the kind of negativity you got from that article. So there was actually an article last year. I want to say maybe right around this time, maybe more towards fall. Some reporter from overseas, I want to say England, something, somewhere, it wasn't in the United States, saw my photos on social media and they reached out to me and they said, we would like to do a positive and inspiring article about you taking your daughter hunting. So I was like, oh, well, that would be cool. So I wrote the article. It was more of an interview. They wrote the article. They just asked me a bunch of questions and I sent them some photos and then they sent it to me to review and it looked good. So I said, okay. But what I didn't know is that they sell the article to someone else. Oh, great. And they sold it to the Daily Mail, which we know the Daily Mail isn't great. And it just kind of spiraled from there because of the caption they added with it. I don't remember the caption they used, but it was... Oh, it was awful. It was, neg- it was yeah. very negative. So I did get a lot of negativity from that, but I actually got a lot of positivity too, which surprised me. I would say maybe 50-50. And I mean, there were people who didn't even hunt that were saying, oh, that's really cool. You know, you're teaching your daughter how to hunt and, you know, taking her in the woods and outside. And that's better than sitting her at home in front of the TV or whatever. 
It also probably goes to show that those are the people who actually read the article. Yes, exactly. If you read the article, <laughs> it's not negative at all. It's just those the captions picture. they use. Yeah. And that's social media in yeah. a nutshell. And it frustrates me because it's like you read that headline and you automatically get mad because you quote, you quote, know what that article is about. No, yes, exactly. you don't know a damn thing. <laughs> and then recently, a couple weeks ago, someone reached out to me and they wanted to basically do an update on that article. And I wasn't going to do it at first, but I figured this is my time to kind of say what I want to say what I didn't get to put in the last one. So I did, and I did get some negativity again, but not nearly as much as last time. And I got a lot more positive people too. So it is what it is. Yeah, I have a friend that she lives in England. She's a big time hunter and goes around the world, Africa, all over Europe and big shotgun deal. And she's faced criticism a lot. You probably heard of her, Rachel Carey. And uh, she gets flack all the time, but she's able to stand up against it. And uh, yeah, you know, it's hard to do because you're always going to find those people who, first of all, they're, they shoot from the hip. They don't read an article. They have their mindset. There's in this day and age of no tolerance by anybody, it's, it's inevitable that you're going to run into this negativity, but it sounds like you're handling it quite well. And that's good because that's what we need to do is to push back when that happens. Yeah. Talk about the positive, the, the, you know, the management, the conservation aspect of all this stuff. And it sounds like you've been doing that. Yeah. That's, that's why I wanted to move forward with the article that came out a couple of weeks. I included why I take my daughter and the con the conservation aspect of it and why it's important to me. And I think that the people that read the article Really, you can't really say much negativity about it. Good. That's what you need to do. So does your husband, Alex, does he hunt too? Yes, he does. Mm -hmm. He was actually only a gun hunter when I met him, and he just started bow hunting. He hadn't ever turkey hunted until he met me. So the first time I ever took him turkey hunting, opening morning, he got this giant long beard. I called in for him. I told him he's spoiled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just ruined him for turkey hunting. Did he bow it, bow it or arrow it or did he shotgun? That was a shotgun. He wants to try to bow hunt turkeys, but it's been really tough with his schedule to try to get out yeah. turkey hunting. Well, that's one thing. I've, I've killed four or five turkeys across the country. I've gotten three different species, but all with a bow and never with a gun. And it's like, sometimes I think it's be a lot easier with a gun to, oh, <laughs> to take them down. It definitely is. It's definitely way easier <laughs> with a gun. So what does Alex do for a living, if you can ask, or if I can ask? Um, yes, uh, he is a police officer. That's what I thought. I figured working night. Yeah, good for him. More power to the blue. Appreciate that. Let him know. I will. We're big supporters of that. Um, a lot of people don't know, but you signed on on our masthead now as a contributor to our new cooking column, Wild Cuisine. Yes. And Don yeah. worked with you, and I, and I suggested you to Don because we were looking for someone to do it. Him and I didn't want to do it. We wanted to bring in somebody else. So we've got you and Margie uh, Nelson from Montana. She's a very good friend of mine. We used to go fishing together now and then, and She's a, she, I'm sure you, I don't know if you ever follow her. It's wild gourmet. Think, w -Y. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I follow her. Yeah. That's my friend, Margie. She's a fabulous, uh, fabulous chef, fabulous cook. And she kicks my butt fly fishing <laughs> <laughs> and she's always yelling, when are you coming back over here, surfer boy, we're going to go fishing again. 
But anyways, um, I'm glad you signed on. Uh, tell me a little bit about your cooking experience because this is something that we want to promote. And I got you. I have your first recipe sitting here on my desk right now. Awesome. And yeah, so, um, yeah, so it's going on the next issue, isn't it? It's in the December, January, which is going to together now. Right but now. I'm leaving yeah. in a couple of days for an alligator hunt. So it, we will continue when I get back and get it wrapped up before I head to elk season on the 28th of August. So. I'll be gone Disney for a months. Anyways, <laughs> uh, tell me, Becca, your cooking skills. How did you learn them? Just, were you taught or you just fell into it? Did you, or are you like me, your self-taught chef? Talk I have a little bit of both. Uh, my mom's a really good cook, but when I was a kid, I didn't really like cooking. So I did learn to cook. My mom taught me how to cook. But it wasn't until I, really until I met my husband that I started actually wanting to cook. And I started um, experimenting with different ways to cook wild game because growing up, my mom didn't grow up eating wild game. So there was only really a few ways that she knew how to cook it. And growing up, a lot of times we just had the backstrap and then everything else was ground or made in hot dogs or bologna and things like that. So we didn't eat a whole lot of steak or roast or anything like that. So once I met my husband, I wanted to try to make some different dishes and everything. So I just started experimenting and it kind of went from there. And I really, I really enjoy cooking now. Well, you do a lot of it. You're like me. It's like yeah. something, it's like every night I have a, yeah. I have four refrigerators and freezers filled with elk and salmon and halibut and still have some moose meat and lots of, lots of upland bird ducks and geese. So it's always a challenge, like saying, what am I going to have tonight? You know, something different. And sometimes it's like, I'm going to go buy, a ribeye steak because I want something different. <laughs> no, I get a wild pile of stuff from you randomly when he's cleaning out his freezers. I get the stuff at the bottom randomly. It's like, here's this. And we're just like pulling out the stuff out of our freezer. I'm like, this may or may not have a label on it. Sometimes it's just a year. Sometimes it's a type of roast. We don't know what type of animal it was. And sometimes I know what it is. You do, but I, like if I send you a picture, I, I might be able to go like, hey, what is this? And like, so we just have mystery meat dinner. <laughs> well, she I'm is a thief. About, about I'm very bad about labeling. Right. I need to no. get better. Yeah. Carrie's a I thief. Don't admit it. I'm not a thief. You give things to me. She always comes over and steals food out of my freezers. <laughs> get the text going, hey, my freezer's full and I've got another animal coming. I'm like, I'm on my way. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, the last couple of years, I brought back around 100 pounds of halibut and salmon rockfish fillets. So That I am going to steal. What? Fish. <laughs> well, you can have all the halibut you want. I've got okay. over 150 pounds in the freezer. So I know. Crazy. I tracked. I got excited about fish. <laughs> um. No, so I'm excited, Becca, to have you writing for that column because that column idea came up um, from a guy that we know here in Idaho, or I think he might be Oregon. Um, Randy Ron King. King. Randy. Randy King, sorry. Randy. Like, there's a lot of kings in general. But um, so he had mentioned it, and he's a really great chef out here as well. And I'm like, yeah, we should definitely do a contributor thing. And we were talking in a meeting, and I was like, well, Becca posts about different stuff that she's cooking. I'm like, let's. Let's see if she can do something. And that's when I messaged you because I was like, I know you can write. I know Don likes you and that we've already run your stuff. So we know where we're at with that. And like, where are we at on the food stuff? So I think your biggest, you said your biggest worry was taking good, uh, high enough quality photos. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't take pictures of my food ever either. And so I'm like, oh, well, when you make a beautiful meal, yeah, I definitely take pictures of it now. <laughs> now it's yeah. going to pay out for you. 
Well, we're sure happy to have you on board, Becca. Yeah, and um, I think you you add something that we, we've been trying to reach is young and getting women involved. You were a breath of fresh air seeing your first piece come across. It's hard when you get all the stuff over the transom and you find something that you don't have to edit the hell out of. And that's what was really nice about having your material come through. And Dawn says, who is this woman? How do I get her? I said, I will take care of that. I know we talk about Neil Collins. He's like, I need more Becca's. Give me yes. more Becca's. Yes. <laughs> like, all right, I'm working on it. So Becca, as we as we continue forward with our business relationship, just remember that we'd love to see a couple features out of you every year if you can. Um, yeah, I would love. And, I would do that. Well, you're you are a good writer and you're a good ambassador to the sport, and uh, it's something that's very much needed. You're a breath of fresh air. You really are, and uh, we're happy that you came on today. If you have any closing comments, anything you'd like to add before we let you go? Um. Not that I can think of. Now you're on the spot. Come on. Well, yeah, I know. But then, <laughs> I should have thought about this beforehand. <laughs> well, yeah, well, no, you don't have to. It's just, uh, I'm, I don't know what else are you, uh, I've already asked you everything that I wanted to know because I obviously we'll have to have you back some other time down the road a little bit. But let me ask you just one question before you go. Uh, as we progress, in the, as, as we're going down the road as hunters, uh, we're becoming less and less. So there's another issue of hunting not being as big as it used to be. It's kind of getting a sideline, especially in the small world with, uh, with the internet, cell phones, and everything going on right now, obviously with the world in a chaos. What, in your opinion, would be the best thing we can do to promote our sport and perpetuate that as we as we move forward. I've always told everybody that mentoring was the most important thing because like what you're doing, no one, someone mentored you, your father, and now you bring your daughter into it. And so your daughter one day is going to be like you. She's going to be out there. I'm sure. I mean, maybe not. I, I, I took my son hunting when he was much younger, never took to it. Carrie never hunted until she decided she wanted to. And so now she goes elk and deer hunting with me. We've hunted birds and uh, she comes out here, sometimes shoots quail off the property. But I'm just curious if you have any insight into what you think would be the best way to promote, especially our no. way of traditional archery. I, I definitely agree with uh, the mentoring thing because there are a lot of people that just don't have anyone. And I feel like that more experienced hunters do need to step up and try to help the people that are willing to learn. Cause I feel like there are a lot of people that want to learn to hunt and just don't have anyone. Um, I know there are, we have programs here in Ohio uh, for specifically for women in the outdoors and getting women into hunting. But I personally feel that social media is also a great way to reach out to other people and help promote the sport. And I know social media gets a lot of negativity, but I feel like there are ways to use it positively as well, just because everyone has social media pretty much. Pretty much. You know, uh, Margie Nelson, she's also huge with Proas. You're familiar with Proas? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's another nice, that's a great, the, the, I forgot her name. Um, I can't remember her name, the, the, the one that runs it or owns it, whatever, but she's a big promoter of women in the outdoors. And uh, I think you might even be able to find some place to work over there sometime too, because they're always looking for women to help promote the sport. So as another question I have for you, 
You've only hunted whitetail, turkey, and small game. Is that correct? Yes. Well, I have hunted black bear before, but not successfully. Okay. <laughs> so I have that's all of my hunting experience. So that's fine. Yeah, it I happens. Care. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I'm not out in the woods often enough either. Ultimately, what? I I would like to try again black bear hunting. I hunted in New Jersey with my family on public land because they have a lot of black bears out there. Most people don't know that. But recently they shut down public land black bear hunting yeah. because yes. it's a very liberal state. Yeah. So I haven't been I haven't been back since. One day in the future, what kind of animal would you like to go after? I mean, you'd say your most exotic hunt. What would that be that like you want my, to go after? The hunt, if there was no like no issue with funds or anything. Yeah. What I would most like to do probably would be a moose hunt. That's attainable. I've always wanted to do it. So I'm hoping sometime in the future that I'll be able to do it with a recurve. I'm sure you will. (laughs) You have the great attitude. (laughs) There was a recent article about, I think it was Alaska on layaway. Was that Jake Downs? His article? Yeah. So he basically made the decision and then just made an agreement with somebody who was just slowly stashing money. It's like, I'm going to do this hunt and kind of put it on a layaway program for himself. And then was eventually able to go and do it. He's like, whether or not I was prepared or not, like we're going to go and do it. And so that's kind of where I got that, the final idea of like, if we're going to go and do these things, we just have to, to do it. And then hopefully you're ready by the time it comes up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that Jake, that was Jake Downs with his mountain goat and he's put money down until he, he could put, got it paid off and he went there and killed a nice goat. Yeah. I saw, a, I saw that. Well, I have a friend here, Ron Shear. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the desert stones or the, excuse me, the desert bighorn hunts down in Mexico yeah. are ridiculously expensive. Yeah, I remember yeah. when they were 35, now they're 60 to 70,000, who knows, maybe more. And I had a friend that actually he locked it up many years ago for $46,000 or something like that. He said it took him four years to pay it off. That was Ron Shear. And he went down there and killed one, which was not really a big feat anymore because I guess the islands and where they're hunting, they're overrun with them. But yeah, you can always get that pay pay in advance. Then you lock in the price as long as you make your annual. Yeah. Yeah. Hope Isabella gets a little older. It's a little easier to travel. She hates traveling right now. Yeah. It makes it difficult. Yeah. Well, I hate flying anymore with all this COVID stuff going on. It's a, a nightmare. Yeah. I was, I was supposed to fly and visit my family back in March, like right when it all started and all my flights got canceled, which I was kind of glad because I was, I was, my husband couldn't take off work. So I was going by myself with Isabella and I was afraid I was going to get stuck there and not get a flight back. But yeah, yeah. both my flights got canceled. So I ended up not going. Well, hopefully that'll get straightened out in the next year or less, maybe more. Who knows? This is supposed to be a two-week thing. We're in past six months, so that's uh, where I'm like, yeah. It, it is a mess, but hopefully everything will get better. Time. And I don't accept the new normal. Sorry, and no, uh, me neither. I, I expect this is just a temporary normal. Oh, I agree. Becca, listen, it's been a real pleasure having you on today. Really appreciate it. Glad to have you on board with TVM. Um, I'm looking forward to working with you. Thank you. Um, I'm looking forward to working with you too. Yeah, we got some goodies heading out your way. I know I keep saying that, but we're actually sending (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Oh, don't worry. I definitely understand. I know. I found a box (laughs) as we were moving and I'm like, it has Becca's name on it. My husband's like, 
why do we have a box with Becca Garris's name on it? I'm like, eh, I found it. Uh, <laughs> it's supposed to go out in the mail. That's another lapse of my employees. I'm going to have to oh, yeah. take do a you look. Want to at. take over shipping? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Becca. Thanks a lot, and uh, we'll be in that. touch. Okay. Sounds good. You guys have a good one. You too. Bye bye. Bye. hope you enjoyed this campfire chat podcast thanks for joining us please subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss the next one and visit our website www.tradbow.com for great articles tips and lots more of traditional bow hunter magazine